Good morning and welcome to our Tuesday morning chapel. It's wonderful to have you in the Lord's house. Please turn to page 108 in the front part of the hymn book, page 108, and there you will find the office of prime. And please join me in the versicles and glory and confession of sin. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you through my own fault in thought, word, and deed. For the sake of the suffering, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, forgive me all my sin, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen.
The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from St. Paul's first letter to Timothy, the second chapter, verses 5 and 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would now strengthen our faith through them. Amen. May be seated. Back in 1979 and 1980, there was a baseball player for the Minnesota Twins by the name of John Castino. A very nice young man, kind of a very humble guy and, and yet very talented athlete. And um, one year, about that time, he was um, the, the co-rookie of the year and uh, went into contract negotiations with the owner of the Twins. The owner of the Minnesota Twins at the time was known as being extremely stingy and extremely tight and kind of a crotchety old guy. And uh, when John Castino went into negotiations with him, uh, Castino decided, I'm, I don't need a, an agent to go with me, I'm just going to go represent myself, and went in to meet with Mr. Griffith. And um, before the, the negotiations actually started, the owner of the team said, I'd like us to watch a little video first before we go into negotiations. And for about 20 minutes, he turned on a video of all of John Castino's errors and strikeouts for the past year. And uh, by the time the video got done, Castino was willing to sign anything he put in front of him. And people estimate he probably got about only half of what he was worth. And that was because he chose not to have somebody go in and, and represent him. He came away with a horrible agreement. Didn't last very long in the major leagues even after that. It's interesting, there are times when it's very important to have good representation, to have someone that can, can go to bat for you, <laughs> literally in the baseball world, right? That's somebody that can really stand up for you. And that's really true when it comes to the law, to, to the court system, uh, to make sure that you have somebody that, that really can represent you well in your case. It could literally mean the difference between imprisonment or not, or potentially life and death uh, for some people. Now, there's no greater arena in which this concept uh, can be found than that bet be between you and God. There's no greater place for this concept of needing good representation than between us and a holy God. You know, I know how I am in my thoughts sometimes regarding my life and the things I've done and things I've done wrong and sins and so on. It's easy for me to kind of feel like I can hide in numbers. The fact that so many other people uh, maybe struggle with certain sins or the fact that it's so prolific out in our culture, the fact that, that, that these are things that people don't even pay any attention to. It's easy for me to adopt that kind of thinking that, that somehow when it comes to God judging me, I, I can kind of hide in the herd, you know, kind of just be one among the millions that are out there and everybody's kind of doing this. This is the way everybody is. And we can kind of take some almost some comfort in that. But the problem is this, that the judgment scene that the Bible describes is not a, a class action lawsuit. 
It's, it's not an issue where, where millions or billions of people are all being tried at one time. It's individual. Each individual person, the Bible says, is going to have to stand in front of a holy and just God who can look right down into me, who can look right into my conscience. He can remember stuff about my life that I have forgotten about. He, can, he could, if he wanted to, bring up a record of all the garbage of things that I've done and thought and said in my life. And the Bible says this is the God who has that capacity, that capability. This is the God that I have to go into negotiations with to try to see if he would let me into heaven. That's a terrifying thought. Listen to what the Bible says. It is appointed unto each man to die, and after that, the judgment. Talk about sobering words. And the Bible says it's not going to help us to kind of hide in the pack of everybody who, who has the same kind of problems and sins. That doesn't, that doesn't help us because the case that we have to face the judge is individual, each one individually. And so, just like that baseball player, we need an agent. We need a mediator. We need someone that can somehow go and stand between you and this holy, just God that can just look right down inside of me and see the, the deepest things inside of me. We need someone to stand between us as a buffer between us and this holy God. And our text presents him to us today. God's own Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, is the mediator that God from heaven has sent. He's not something that just grew out of the earth. God from heaven decided, I need to send my own son into the world to take on human flesh and to live out a perfect holy life that can be credited to these sinful people. And I'm going to have to make him have to go and suffer and, and be punished for all of this evil when he dies on the cross so I can take out all of my just wrath against that wickedness that's inside of Don Molstead and every one of us sitting here today. I can take it out on him rather than on all of those people. And so Christ has come into this world to be that perfect go-between, the mediator between you and this holy God. And he knows both worlds. You know, sometimes when baseball players or other athletes go into negotiations with owners, the owner is in kind of the business world and they're kind of in the, in the athletic world. And they'll often find somebody who is an agent uh, who, to represent them who is both a, uh, has a business degree and at the same time played some athletics to kind of know and understand both worlds. There's no greater picture of that and the need for that than what we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what St. Augustine says about Jesus. It was necessary that as mediator between God and men that Christ have something similar to God and something similar to men. Otherwise, if he should be similar to men in every respect, he might have been too far removed from God. Or if he should be similar to God in every way, he would be too far removed from men. And so this great mediator that God has provided between you and his holiness, he knows the kingdom of heaven, but he also knows the difficulties of earthly life. He knows the holiness of God, but he also understands the temptations we face, even though he didn't fall to them. He knows what real earthly life is, and he knows what real heavenly life is, but he's also experienced our death. He knows the mind and the heart of God, and he also knows and understands how we're terrified about Judgment Day. 
Christ could be the only answer to this great gap between us and this holy God. It couldn't be another human being. It couldn't be an angel. It couldn't even be the Holy Ghost. It had to be the Son of God who could take on human flesh to be the go-between, the mediator between you and this holy God. And his body is the very payment to make everything right between you and God. There are two really important questions in our catechism. One is, why did Jesus Christ have to be true God? And the other is, why did our Savior have to be true man? Those are two of the most important questions in our whole catechism. And the, the history of the Christian church, they, they have fought hard to hold on to this precious doctrine that Christ is both true God and true man. Because if you lose that, you lose the mediator between yourself and this holy God. Let me close with a, an illustration. Imagine a, a man who's on death row and he's been condemned to die and his only hope is to appeal to the governor to see if he could get his, uh, uh, his sentence removed and so on. And he's hoping to be set free. And the governor goes ahead and assigns a new lawyer to his case, to plead his case and to, to get his uh, conviction set aside. And the lawyer is the son of the governor himself. He's been hand-selected by the governor to make this whole process work completely in the favor of this man. Think what, what we have. The, the judge who's going to judge you and me someday has selected his own son to come into the world to be the mediator to make peace between you and the judge, between you and God. And he's done that through his perfect death on the cross and his perfect life that he's lived in your place. So God now comes to us through his word and says, just believe this, relax. Relax about judgment day because the peace that you're hoping for already exists because of the work of my son. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Please rise. And we turn again to page 108 for the responsory. O Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. O Lord Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy upon us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. O Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Arise, O Christ, and help us, and deliver us for your name's sake. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, bright sun of the world, shine upon my spirit and drive away the night of sin, that I may walk in your holy light all my life and even forevermore. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord Almighty order this day and all our doings in his peace. Amen.